Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Job. Big shout out to my man Q Ward, who is uh, in Detroit today, actually. But that's all right because he's handling business, and we're still taking care of business out here. A uh, lot of stuff has happened. Um, obviously, we got to talk about it, you know, as we do every week. And uh, today, I have a couple of very special guests in the building. One. Uh, frequent contributor um, she she helps us see you know um, from a different vantage point you know she helps us, she helps provide a lens um, you know to a lot of the so often lacking yeah yeah um, that we're not able to really see and she's kind of able to um, you know participate from time to time so we're always happy when she she comes up and hangs out uh, Tessa Farrell's with us how you doing Good, thank you. Okay, okay. Appreciate you coming Thanks by. Thanks for having me back. And then uh, a good friend of mine, you know, the stars are among us now, uh, you know, and that just shows the growth that we're experiencing. That shows the necessity of these types of conversations. And, uh, you know, we're always grateful. I'm, I'm always especially grateful when you're in town. But uh, the one and only Elijah Banks yeah, I appreciate you, man. You know, it's love anytime we sit down. It's nothing but love. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I know that you come, uh, you know, we're based in Phoenix. I know that you come to Phoenix from time to time, but, you know, the show is broadcast, you know, um, pretty uh, widely. So, you know, let everybody know a little bit about your background before we get to the to the meat and potatoes. Um, I go by the name of Elijah Banks. You spell Banks with an X, no K-S. Um, I'm a pop artist from Long Beach, California. I'm signed to Radio Legend, Big Boy from Big Boy's Neighborhood. Big boy. So, you know, they're calling me the Prince of L.A. right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I sing the Woman Crush Wednesday record, the Alone record. You know what I'm saying? You, you just be on the lookout for me. You're going to hear a lot more, a lot more coming out this year. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, as I stated, um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to sit down interview elijah banks um a couple of times in 2019 now right that was right. wow um and uh you know we had a chance to hang out a few times and it just so happened to line up that he was in town and you know we got some stuff to talk about and of course tessa uh has been out in the streets um you know and and really helping chip away at this mountain of white supremacy um along with the rest of us so very much uh someone who is uh empathetic and sympathetic to the black and brown people's agenda um someone who recognizes if i don't i want to speak for you but no. from, from, from my estimation <laughs> someone who recognizes that you know there's a necessity in in terms of rising in solidarity and so absolutely today's episode uh we want to talk about something that we didn't get to talk about because you know the way you know these things time out but you know the attack on the u.s capitol building so you know just straight out the blocks banks what's your thoughts crazy insane like i've never seen anything like that i really am still trying to kind of wrap my head around what they were thinking yeah you know what i'm saying like when and where did they think that that was okay and and the people that allowed them to to do it and get away with it, what were their thoughts? I I'm I, I'm still trying to process everything. Absolutely. Um, your initial reactions? Um, I mean, probably that, but really fundamentally, I feel like I know that 
that's all just a sense of entitlement and righteousness that white people believe that they have, that they didn't need an explanation, a justification, a reason. It was just, this is what we want. We're not getting it. We've gotten what we wanted our entire lives uh, within that system of privilege, and now we're mad about it. And so we're going to show the world we're mad. Uh, so in some ways it wasn't surprising at all and also met with the continued levels of audacity. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I want to say something real quick. So one thing, I mean, you know, on radio or if you're listening to the podcast, which by the way, um, you can download this and all previous episodes of Civic Cipher if you visit the website, civiccipher.com. It's available on your favorite pop podcasting platform. But if you're just listening to our voices um, and not watching this on YouTube or wherever it's broadcast, you might not be able to tell. But Tessa, the fiery speaker that she is, is in fact white. So <laughs> as when a she, ghost, you say? As a ghost, indeed. <laughs> Casper, the friendly one. So um, when she's talking, you know, I just want that to, you know, to understand that this is the way the world looks through um, the eyes of a woman who has lived her whole life um, with whiteness at that that wind at her back um and so the way she challenges it might sound a little different from the way someone uh who didn't have that experience growing up might challenge it now my initial reactions were that i wasn't really surprised now i obviously i was like um concerned you know but it was just kind of like watching history being written you know it's not like uh anything that you know i I, when you see the the guy dressed up in the viking hat on on the podium you know i'm like yes that checks out you know you see (laughs) the confederate flags waving in there it's like oh yeah you know i'm kind of used to it and you know the boldness the audacity you know on and on and on um has never really not been the norm right you know um this is really uh something that a lot of times you know people will use this sort of stuff to intimidate and suppress um black and brown folks and you know their plight toward you know accomplishing whatever um because of that entitled confidence that white folks have uh, often some white folks have oftentimes um because they are aware of the fact that the police work for them look like them represent their interests um it emboldens at least in my experience has emboldened many white folks over throughout the course of my life that i've seen to move in such a way that a normal person who really values their own safety or at least is you know, partially aware of the fact that, you know, anything could happen at any time would reasonably try to avoid, you know, um, recently I shared an example and, and you'll be able to follow me. Um, we, we, uh, Q and I had a conversation about, um, someone named Andre Hill who was shot in his garage recently while he was working on his car, I think, or I I don't even know what he's doing because I couldn't even read into the story. Um, but the police pulled up, shot him in his garage, right? I have a garage in my house. Right. Um, This was some years ago, but I was doing something to one of my trucks in the garage. And uh, one of my neighbors came out and had some sort of complaint about me working in my garage. 
and took exception to me doing that. Now, I wasn't harming anybody. I wasn't bothering. I wasn't making any noise. He just didn't like my garage door open and my truck partially, you know, out of out of the garage where I could get a little sunlight. So um, I think I was like changing a headlight bulb or something like this. Something simple. But he just took exception to it and came across and proceeded to get in my face and sort of, you know, I'm putting it mildly, but it was basically challenging me working on my own vehicle on my property. Um, and, you know, the boldness that it takes to do that is largely oh, stems. Me. Yeah, it comes from one type of person. And usually it's toward other types of people who don't look like that. It's like mm-hmm. they feel like they have dominion over it. I don't like this truck partially parked in the garage. So move it because I say so. Now, I'm not sure his situation, but I don't have a mortgage on my house. Mm, you know yeah, so i i live here this is my this is my land nobody's t- t- you know um kicking me off of it i'm not sure of his circumstances and then he starts to you know well i do this for a living and you know he said something like i'm a lawyer to which i responded i pay lawyers mm-hmm. you know that doesn't impress me <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh you know the only thing a lawyer can do is work for me that isn't intimidating right, right. um and, you know, we have our little back and forth, our little exchange. But the one thing that I recognize, this man was a lot older than me. And physically, I'm in a lot better shape than he is. And so the one thing that he s- said to me that gave me pause, and I think that he knew that, was that he was going to call the police on me. And in that moment, you know, the optics shift entirely because he could get punched in the mouth. But the police will come and decide whatever they want to decide. He probably will not be wrong. And it's, you know, and so that relationship between these emboldened um, people, oftentimes white, um, because of the fact that they're they feel the police works for them. um, Kind of that's why this capital attack hasn't surprised me at all. So. You know, um, some of the things I've seen some of the memes going around and, you know, just pointing out the fact, you know, obviously some of them are funny, but pointing out the fact that, you know, in short, that if black folks had done a Mm -hmm. fraction of this, Mm -hmm. even jogged past the Capitol (laughs) too fast. Yeah. Talk about it, man. Um, So, you know, and you've 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 taken place, taken part in a lot of the. uh, protest in LA, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, for whenever I am in town, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen some of that on on social media. So, what's the climate like? What was the climate like out there when that was? Oh man, it was it was tense. It was definitely tense. Just I like I I one thing I did I can't say it brought the people together. Sure. I I love that part. But when it came to like the people versus the police, it it just felt a little um. Retro, like it, it, it was something that like I've I've seen in movies, you know what I'm saying, right. stuff like that. Nothing that I've personally been able to experience in this lifetime that type of just tension sure, between sure. the police and people. Yeah, yeah. And growing up in Long Beach, I'm sure that you have your own stories with the police. Yeah, definitely. It, and it's crazy, good and bad. Like I know some great cops. Mm-hmm. I know some some bad cops. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like all the way from Long Beach to LAPD, but like. It's it's crazy how history kind of repeats itself. Sure. And how we're going through the same things that, you know, you or your father had to go through. You know what I'm saying? Because we're different ages. Yeah. Where it's it's constantly repeating itself. Absolutely. So. 
you know the um the thing is you know I, when i was i was born in compton when mm. i was born it was the 80s so i grew up in compton 80s compton so crack was hitting hard and that sort of thing and you know i've said this before on the show that has very much shaped my view of the police the police have never been the good guys you know as a whole they've never as been a, a good as a guy. whole unit yeah in my book the police have always been you know not dissimilar to gangs which in a lot they of ways push they push their own agenda sure mm-hmm. sure absolutely and and having seen police behave in a way that's not so much protecting and serving but more like bullying and terrorizing uh, terrorizing mm. communities um and this is this is lived experience this isn't you know hearsay i've actually seen these things happen again they very much shape my view of it when um we get to the point where we're watching protests i saw the whole thing unfold i spent the whole day watching these trump supporters stand outside of the united states capitol building um and you know they were talking about explosive device they were talking about everything you know these these people that might be armed and and they're just standing there no one is is taking aggressive action you know against them or anything like that which is fine but i recognize that had they been had there been black lives matter banners instead of confederate i see flags, the disconnect i can see it plain like loud and clear like you feel me like for sure yeah so um you know the the part that really uh again it didn't surprise me the part that really stuck with me though was that they're they they these people represent so much more of a threat but the perceived threat you know they represent an actual threat but the perceived threat when you have black skin is so much greater it's so much more intense like black people are somehow scarier unarmed black people as we've seen over and over again um, than armed white men and women in this case um, and their Trump supporters they're they're you know described as being patriotic and their their behavior is just like malicious you can, you know like you could just feel the the energy within them like like look at the way they they they're trying to make their point and look at the way that we're trying to make our point totally different attitudes different energies you know what I'm saying so I don't understand why they weren't really um, as forceful you know what I'm saying yeah I mean I think even just the point they're trying to make like right we're out here saying right. black lives matter and they're out saying we wanted someone to win an election now we're mad that you know you're contesting otherwise like the even the point they're trying to make uh, is is wild yeah com- in comparison to how people fighting for life are being treated mm-hmm. and one of the things that I have to assume is that a good number of those people believe they have to believe that if this man has lost an election and all the news media outlets are calling the election and then this man challenges the states to recount the the ballots and then all the states recount the ballots and then he challenges the states at the state level or, or the Supreme Court and all this sort of stuff. Every single one of them gets shot down. I think everyone said every single one except for one, and it wouldn't have been enough to overturn even the re- the results in that one state. Um, and that might even have been uh, like f- some fraudulent activity that benefited him or something right. like that. That's the only one that they found of, you know. So these people 
in front of this Capitol building are armed with all of that information. And, you know, I would call it delusion. Oh, it's definitely delusion. Yeah, but there's also has there also has to be a good number of those folks who are just there for their last hurrah. If there's a way, like, you know, and, and I would never do anything like that, but follow me for a second. If Obama could have run and won for a third term, would it not have been worth it to go and support him? I'm not saying run up in the Capitol building, but you know what I'm saying? So I could see people saying like, listen, let's go. Let's, you know, say that we we know that our guy can't do this, but let's just go stand there with him because that's the guy we believe in. That's our champion. The point that it gets from, you know, patriotic and, and you know, standing by your candidate or his ideas or whatever, you know, a, a display, if you will, to embarrassing this country on the world stage is rushing and the police opening the barricades opening taking selfies with people you know what i'm saying bro, bro. so that's the part where it's like man america your privilege is showing you know you might want to you know put your you know put put your clothes on right you know what i'm saying because normally this is is buttoned up a little bit but mm-hmm. you know for those of us who have walked in the streets all three of us here have um and have you know been subjected to tear gas and rubber bullets i haven't personally been shot with a rubber bullet let me not put that in there personally i haven't been shot with a rubber bullet yeah but you know every you know i've been with people who've been you know what i'm saying like and the terror still grips your heart just the same when you're running away watch it just even yeah just even watch it go down right and then um and you know again i live in phoenix arizona that's washington dc that's perhaps one of the most protected places on earth and these people, not only did they breach the perimeter, but they went inside. Now, um, Tessa, I want you to talk a little bit about what you saw happen when they actually were running around inside the Capitol building. What I saw happen by way, like... You told me that you saw people carrying stuff, and uh, you made a comparison to... Like looters or something like that. Oh, I, I love the way you put that. Oh, see if I can do it twice. But um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, we watched how many people, even people that came out saying that they support Black Lives Matter, but they don't support looting or they don't support, you know, support property destruction. That was, you know, like a really big rhetoric for a while. Like, well, no, I, su- I support Black Lives, but, you know, I think looting's wrong and, you know, destroying businesses, like, it doesn't serve the purpose. Um, and now we're watching both people that said that in support of Black Lives Matter and people that obviously have sat on a, their platform the entire time saying we don't care about black lives, we care about property, we care about, um, you know, our, our, our stores, our businesses, consumerism, um, you know, are now invading a building, taking what is, you know, federal property. Um, they're invading federal property, taking federal property, stealing mail, you know, breaking apart buildings, taking the podium, um, it just, you know, it's just where, <laughs> just the hypocrisy of all of it. Um, I guess it's just in some respects. I don't want to say amusing as if it's like anecdotal somehow, but um, you can just tell none of it means anything. You know, none of it, none of it means anything. Um, what people are trying to communicate, uh, whatever their arguments were, 
obviously you know i've read several things saying too like obviously these people were never about i don't want to say these people i think it's really important to not disassociate myself too much from people that were there because i'm still a product of that very same system i think it's really important for white people not to disassociate from what we're seeing on on TV for what we were She's witnessing. Good, ain't she? <laughs> I don't know a lot that got me. They got me right there. Like, because it's really easy to be like, well, I'm not one of them. I would never do that. But but the reality is is that we all benefit. We all white people benefit from that system and it and it manifests in aspects of our lives that may not look as drastic as that moment did, but still is very real. Um and so I don't want to say them, but now I lost my train of thought altogether. But just Oh, it was about the police. They were saying, you know, all of these people have, again, been on their pedestal saying Black Lives Matter, yet they were, you know, antagonizing cops. A cop has died. Um, you know, so the point is they never cared about, or Blue Lives Matter, I'm sorry. They, you know, they've been saying Blue Lives Matter this whole time, and now a cop has been killed. They were still antagonizing police, um, you know, threatening police. They came in with chemical warfare. Um, you know, they were saying that they had chemicals and all these things. So they didn't care about blue lives any more than they cared about black lives. It just, mm. you know, was an angle to further their agenda. Sure. Mm. The a- agenda of white supremacy and white power. Um, anyways, <laughs> I you digress. Know what, something, uh, I'm glad you said that too because... I remember something that happened a while ago. This was in 2005, so you guys were still babies. Um, I'm sorry, that was a cheap <laughs> shot. I had to take it, though. That's all right, though. It's okay to be the OG in the room. Um, but no, this happened in 2005. Um, I remember I was working at Power 92 in Phoenix, Arizona, um, and we were watching on TV uh, the Hurricane Katrina aftermath there was this television program it might have been on mtv or something like that um, and they were doing fundraising to help out the victims of hurricane katrina um for those of you old enough to remember um you know what it is but if you don't hurricane katrina was basically a huge hurricane we lost a major u.s city basically it was underwater and lots of people died and everyone else had to evacuate no homes no nothing everything you thought was gone imagine waking up and everything that you own is gone it's swept away in the water so and it still hasn't been rebuilt oh yeah that part resources <laughs> still not been allocated so um what happens is mike myers uh is uh, an actor um he had a lot of bigger roles back then but uh we knew him as like the austin powers guy mm. um he was doing a an interview a live taping with none other than kanye west and say what you will about kanye west once upon a time this man spoke the truth and he said i'll never forget it um he said you know the news is reporting mind you this is live tv kanye says the news when they see a white family go into a store and grab supplies they they say just that this this white family is or they don't say white family on the news but they say this family is going in and trying to get supplies so that they can you know um take care of themselves because you know blah 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 and they get they gave it a bit of a, a story a background people could empathize with with the family and um you know build they could build a narrative around those those this white family being a victim um and then kanye says but when it's a black family that goes in and does the same thing 
the news refers to them as looters and they're doing the same exact thing and i think that by itself speaks to how blackness is treated and what black people have been saying for hundreds of years that yes okay we can use the same bathroom now we can drink from the same water fountain but when it comes to the optics when it comes to the moral divide when it comes to anything there is much more in the way of opportunity on the white side or at the least there is much less in the way of opportunity fairness um balance on the black side and you know even the words white and black look them up the words have been given so much conditioning you know we're all brown you know we all have varying degrees of melanin which makes us brown um but you know the language in and of itself is it's it creates this um disconnect from our humanity you know uh that we're all here we all you know are doing this together and we all want the same things we want our offspring to do better than we have and then you know it's it's examples like this one where these folks get to run up in the building largely leave with their lives i do want to mention that one woman was killed i'm not sure what she was doing but a police officer shot one woman there but the the point is that that we're making is that with that many people we know it would have been not even a gunfight it would have been a slaughter slaughter exactly and hundreds of arrests whoever they whoever they felt that it was they couldn't kill they'd just be like oh yeah we gotta arrest you easily and so you know um kanye saying that in 2005 Mm, 15 years ago yeah yeah 16 16 16 was was absolutely a uh a precursor to what we saw today something that really that's why what I saw didn't surprise me. That's the same broadcast where Kanye said George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's what I thought she was going to say. Oh, I, no. I remember that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that, but that, just before he said that, he described what the media was portraying. And he was asking people to donate. And so because I got to see that in real time as it happened, um, I understood the context in which, you know, he said that. He's like, listen, we have to donate. These people need us. My people need us. We have to do something. The news is not helping. They're, you know, they're creating a narrative that's just not true and it's not fair. Um, oh, and George Bush, water. yeah, and he's saying, and George Bush doesn't care about black people, so we need to do something. We we care. We MTV, we the people that play this music, we the people that love this culture and these people that create it, we need to do something. Lil Wayne lives there. You know, like this is this is sort of what Kanye was was um, talking about. I ain't knows how to how to get to you. Yeah, sure. yeah. But you know, the, then the sound the sound bite that comes out of it is George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's the only sound bite that right. people cared about. And I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't He's, profound. Yeah, it wasn't you know, wrong. Yeah, but and or that it wasn't you know something that you know you would naturally pull out of an interview like that because that's the one that's going to get you the most yeah, attention. Facts. But um, and I don't think Kanye regrets saying it. You know, uh, or if he does, you Kanye know, Kanye doesn't regret saying anything. There you go. <laughs> but um, again, the point there is that. Kanye knew in 2005 and I've known my whole life I'm born in 1982 that the world treats white folks and black folks differently um and and the world much less than America the United States the United Mm -hmm. States really treats black folks and and uh white folks differently um so I'll tell another story 
Um, I was sitting down with a good friend of mine once upon a time, and we were talking about Ahmad Aubrey. Um, I believe that's his name. He was <laughs> jogging in his neighborhood. Um, and the way the story goes is that he stopped in an abandoned house, had a look around, came out, kept it pushing, right? Um, and my friend, who is someone who associates with black people, he's he's a very kind man. He's a good person. Um, he and I had to have a very, very intense human moment because... He said to me, he's like, yeah, man, he shouldn't have been in that house. Why did he go in that house in the first place? Of course, he's going to look suspicious if he's in that house. And those people are defending that property, even though it's not their property. Like he just he was asking for it. And I don't know that that's exactly what he said because he might be listening. But that was kind of what he was suggesting. Mm -hmm. And my response to that was, OK, so let's remove Ahmad Aubrey from the equation. And let's put Tessa into that scenario. So now Tessa, if you can't see Tessa, she's uh, beautiful. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Um, blonde hair, uh, or yeah. blue eyed, something like that. Green, yeah, but sure, all something the same. Like that. Yeah, yeah, light eyed. Uh, Eurocentric and, standards of. <laughs> yeah, just a, 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 a good looking woman. Um younger look you know what i'm saying attractive most people would you, you kind of have a look like what's the girl from the batman movie with the joker the joker's wife that <laughs> margot robbie that you're that's who you again? look like you look just like that girl so <laughs> that was a good thing i hope you think that she's a good looking person too but anyway so um yeah let's put her in to that scenario and let's remove a mod from the scenario i mean right? not to interrupt you but there were white people going into that house they sure. said that later right that sure, white sure, folk were coming sure, in and out of that sure, house the sure. same. Mm, exactly interesting so watch what happens now um a young white woman with blonde hair and green eyes you know is jogging down the street she sees a house you know halfway built it's interesting she might want to see you know whatever she wants to see maybe she's thinking of buying a house on her own maybe you know i had a house built before i went and visited that house once well, twice a week if I, I could for sure just to yeah. check on the progress and the daydream what am i gonna where's the couch gonna go you know that sort of thing and i would look at other people's houses it was a new development i would look at their houses too to see what they have how's this gonna affect property values is this a four bedroom yeah, definitely would have been there, like, you know what i mean so so uh you know snooping around in a you know an empty lot with some sticks in it you know or a you know some sort of half-built structure is not unusual at least you know and it's certainly not something that you should lose your life over especially if you're uh if you look like tessa um so let's let's play this scenario back tessa's jogging she goes into the house has a look around sees all this cool stuff and leaves makes friendly conversation with the neighbors while no one asks any questions sure Exactly. And because my friend had told me, he's like, you know, that guy, he could have been in there stealing stuff. He could have been doing anything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, so you assuming that him being there is sinister suggests that you're associating that sinister behavior with his blackness, because the only thing that we've changed is the fact that now this is a 26 year old 
white female and all of a sudden she's not in there stealing how could she be and she's not up to no good how could she be Mm right you know and what what you have to come to terms with in this moment is are we all human here or do some humans get treated better than others do some humans get consideration that others don't Mm-hmm. valued differently exactly mm-hmm. exactly and this is the thrust of the black lives matter movement and this is how we're able to see um what we saw at the capitol building and not have as intense of a reaction as someone like tessa might assume that we should because we're kind of used to it you know we grew up in a world very much shaped by well i'm black so i can't do that you could do it but i know i'm gonna stay right here you know um you know, uh, don't talk back to the police. Don't, you know, like just certain things that like my neighbor did. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy that you said that it, it even goes down to like just like, you know, I had a white best friend. and He would talk back to his dad. Yeah. And I would look at him like, bro, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and his dad would never like, like do anything about it. And it's just like, I know for a fact I couldn't do that at my house. Oh, I listen. Would, you know what I'm saying? I'd be put through the wall. Yeah. So it's like even the 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 comparison of of something so simple sure sure. you know what i'm saying i i can as i get older i can understand it so you know you you very much can can see that you know obviously like you said a lot of that's cultural you Mm -hmm. know but that absolutely spills out onto the streets into the real world where you know certain people move with impunity they move with this sense of entitlement um, to see that man walk out of that Capitol building with the podium, you know, and for anyone to look at that and tell themselves that's not a slap in the face of the entire country of the of the United States of America, they're li- they're kidding themselves. Hurt my heart, man. They're making excuses for that, yeah. you know, um, because all you have to do is swap that person for a black person. Now he's 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 you know a twenty nine year old black male, you know, from Baltimore walking out of the the capitol building with the you know then it's an it's in a an attack on the you know, the, the sanctity you know what i mean facts. i mean i think and a lot walking of, out that assumes he even got in you sure know? sure that mm. part. and that wouldn't have happened either um and i don't want to take anything away from the folks that really have called it what it is which is an attack on democracy an attack on the the country you know especially in waving those confederate flags which kind of scares me as well because um I feel like, like you said, um, usually we're as as the United States, we're usually buttoned up. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I feel like a lot of other countries already don't like our um, sense of entitlement. I guess. Sure. Um, and f- I just feel like that showed them, like, oh, it, we can go. You know what I'm saying? Even their own people can walk into their capital with us, and for other countries to think that that's dangerous, that's, that's super what? dangerous. Listen. Um, the craziest part about it is I started watching a TV show, uh, not too long ago, um, called designated survivor. <laughs> Follow me here. So this show, you, you know about this time. show. Yeah, I've watched you know it. I've seen that the whole okay. time. How it felt like that. So in this show, basically what happens is, you know, everyone goes into the, to the Capitol building. Um, and then someone sets off an explosion in the Capitol building and the secretary of Ho- housing and urban development is listed as the designated survivor. So if the president, the vice president, the secretary of state, all these people end up dying, mm-hmm. that's the la- they all can't be in the same building together. One person has to stay away, and they, they deem that person the designated survivor. So mm-hmm. when, the, when the Capitol building gets attacked, 
you know, um, this guy becomes the president and he's like the last person he expected to be. And not all of a sudden he's got a country to run. So, and it's not a show. Yeah, it's a TV show. And it's on the heels of a national tragedy. So he's got to assume power. He gets sworn in in the hallway and all of a sudden he's the president. And they're like, okay, what do we do? So it's a great show if you want to watch it. Definitely. Anyway, check it out. um, The first episode, I remember watching it um, and you see the Capitol building. it, It blows up, you know, everybody in there dies. And I remember just thinking like huh man that's a great special effect you know it's just so unreal it's like watching a movie like uh uh white house down and you know well, oh my god that that movie scared me they they had everything you're talking about uh the action movie right yeah 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 they had the whole white house down and within 10 minutes i was like oh if this ever happens it's bad yeah but it's, the thing is there's some there's a, a sense of oh that can never happen in real life yeah these these buildings are the most protected buildings on the planet you know, this would never actually happen. And you know what we saw? We saw regular people, not even a lot of them. Go, they passed through a thin line of security because, you know, D.C. didn't really deem them a threat. You know, the, the, the Secret Service, you know, there's military there. I was just in D.C. and it might have been August. Um, just didn't really see, see these people as a threat. So they're at like you know moderate security threat you know and these are people you know gun owners for trump i remember seeing that flag you know uh second amendment rights and don't tread on me flags and the you know of course the people in camouflage and like they're yeah what what was the call of duty office for yeah like that 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 makes me as if i'm outside and i'm a cop and i see you come up with camouflage i'm just gonna assume you're packing yeah because why are you coming equipped for war exactly exactly my point and the thing is have a little white skin and they won't see it that way you know, I'd be like okay, I'd this be is scared. Just I'd, be scared. I'd be scared. It's your Listen, constitutional rights look, at that point. I, but <laughs> you know what? Hand on, but but dig, dig this though. What happens is those people are supported often, or what's infinitely worse, are also among the ranks of the police officers. So the police officer looking at a guy in camouflage gear with a hunting rifle sees a comrade, sees one of his own. And both of them look at someone like you and me and think, oh, we're the enemy. We're the thugs. We're the, you know what I mean? And that's the crazy thing about it because it's just the, it's the furthest thing from the truth. What we saw was thugs <laughs> running to the life, Capitol building. Life, you know, thugs. they looted the building. They, you know, uh, disrespected the police. They did all these sorts of things. You know what I mean? And somehow, you know, when it's us and we're trying to make a point, we end up looking we end up getting villainized and really what we're asking for is in all of our protests and marches and things like this, this wasn't to, you know, anything that we've ever done wasn't to overturn an election because we or expect, stir up trouble. Honestly. Never, never, never disturb trouble. But we ask for, for basic decency. We ask for, uh, human rights. We ask for arrest somebody before you want to kill them. Thank you. You know, give everybody their day in court. You know what I mean? Don't just execute human beings. We have a little bit more value than that. Hence black lives matter. These people were upset about the the election results. Election is something like I'm not saying it's the same thing, but winning or losing you can compare that to a basketball game or something like that. It's just winning or losing. You guys lost and you're, you're mad about it. Oh, and and the crazy part about it is you guys lost probably like 17 times in a row when we watched it. <laughs> yeah, um, like and y'all still don't want it, but anyway. Yeah, anyway, right, right. Real quick, if you're just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I'm your host Ramses Job. My guest today, Tessa Farrell and Elijah Banks all the way from LA. Once again, I appreciate both of you guys for stopping oh, by, man, man. especially on. you. I know you cool. came a long way. 
you looked out for you, hey, you brother. Cool. You came up and did my little show with me. I appreciate yeah, that. That's um, right. Anytime, bro. And of course, you know, uh, what we're talking about is um, the attack on the Capitol. Um, you know, uh, and then, you know, Trump said something. He, he got on there before the attack on the Capitol. Well, first off. Talking he, about the Proud Boys uh, standby? That's no, 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 uh, no, no, no. This was after that. You know, I, but, say, I think he they they stood by. They was waiting. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's you know exactly. So, but he was tweeting something like you know let's get you know ready for I, f- I forgot what it was because I don't read this guy's tweets, um, which he lost his Twitter account thank God. Um, but then uh, after these guys show up at the Capitol and they start the the proceedings start where they you know tally up the the votes or whatever and they certify Joe Biden as the next president. Um, when the when the the house got rushed, um, Trump finally came out after Joe Biden said something. Trump comes out and says, "Hey, we know we lost or we we, we won this election, um, you know whatever, but this is not the right way to do it." And he's still like pouring gas on the fire. He's trying to like work the the media angles because he's worried about his legacy. So he has to say something, but he has to hold the line too because those people are there because he thinks that he was cheated out of the election. So he again says, yes, this election was stolen from us, but this is not the right way to, you know, whatever. And then um afterwards, um after everything had blown over a little bit, he puts out a two minute video saying, um, you know, we'll we'll make a peaceful transition transition to the new uh, administration that the attack on the Capitol was heinous and I condemn those actions and blah blah and just did his best to separate those people like I'm, I would say maybe like Where the 60 70 percent of them had Trump hats on mm-hmm. the rest of them had flags and somehow or other he's trying to like distance himself from his actual supporters that he asked to come there and do that exact thing and, it, and then Giuliani was said let's have a trial by combat or something he's really flagrant this language that he's used uh, throughout his presidency. By so, combat. That, isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, that sounds like you, f- you want to get down. Yeah. Well, but 24 you, hours before, he was calling them lovely, thanking them for their arrival, go home safely, rest, we'll tackle this again tomorrow. And now the language is very different. of peace and... And I condemn those actions. Yeah, and, you know, like the right. rest of <laughs> so, the United States. Um, the long and the short of it is... That, you know, we've seen this person play this game on on the scale of an entire country for four years now. Um, I can't believe it's been that long. Isn't that crazy? Um, And it, it, it just feels like we've lived under a dark cloud and then 2020 just, that's when the thunder started. It was you know. a storm. Yeah, it was man. like. Yeah, the build up. It was like great clouds, you know what I'm saying? Then it was just like, nah, we're gonna open up the gates right now. Listen, man, it's it's the wildest thing. Um and this guy and th- and then to to talk about his Twitter, I think Facebook uh blocked him as well from using his account. Yeah, I think he's on like a couple weeks suspensions on each of them as it sits right now. So, um like how do how do you feel to be the president and and have a social media be like, Look, you're you're becoming dangerous for this platform i like, think like we have becoming. to shut you down <laughs> he's been dangerous I, I think that's part of the reason why um he decided to come out with that 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 um speech after the fact where he finally acknowledged that he lost the election and that joe biden would be certified as the next uh president or would be elected as the next president um because the the, the election had been certified so 
um, when everybody's pulling away from him and he's the last man standing, then all of a sudden he's got nowhere else to go. Mm. And that is like textbook narcissism. You know, the, he lose him losing that election. He's got to be the winner all the time. He's got narcissism. He's he's like That's sick. A, narcissism is, is definitely a um, mental health issue. Oh, it's absolutely. Just, it's a serious thing. Absolutely. And the worst part about it is there's no cure. If you're a narcissist, you, you really think, start believing the stuff that you put out there into the universe. Absolutely. And you are a narcissist when they bury you. It doesn't go away. It's just, a, it's like a, it may as well be like cerebral palsy or some, some other incurable ailment. Um, but that's why he's willing to fight that fight to the bitter end. It's a bruised ego and he doesn't want to go down as, you know, like all the presidents that we've had, none of them have said, yo, I want to be on Mount Rushmore. Let's look into that, you know? Um, and obviously we haven't, especially in modern times, I don't think ever seen a president go this far to contest the results ever. Yeah. Because uh, as we stated earlier in the show, the, the initial results came out and then the recounts and then the state courts you lost by so much. You should have just listened. You, they, they, now, if it was close, I understand the <laughs> recount. You feel me? Like, but it was such a large gap. Yeah, like, man, it was millions of people. And then he spun together all these. Well, if all six of these states changed their minds, then we're going to win. And and fraud happened in all these states together, and that's how we lost. No, man. And, and you know what? Like, and I didn't even know this part, but what you said earlier. We you know what's embarrassing is, yeah, there was some fraud. And it helped you, and you still lost. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, it, it it really does feel um, like we're kind of getting toward the end of such a, a strange thing. But the what will ultimately be left behind is people like those that stormed that Capitol building, and what will be left with the leg his legacy will be the divisiveness, and his legacy will be the lack of empathy and the, and the complete and utter selfish selfishness. Um, I'm glad that they, that they did what they did. Cause now he gets to go out with a boom and uh, like a boom that like you can't rewrite or you can't erase that. Oh yeah. This is ugly behavior for a whole people on the Capitol. Yeah. And then they were his people and they were his people. They're like in your uniform. Oh, listen, top to bottom (laughs) waving a Confederate flag. Listen, for anyone listening to my voice, If you don't know the history of this country, uh, once upon a time, there was a war called the Civil War and the Civil War was over slavery. Um, Basically, the South wanted to keep their slaves and the North wanted to abolish slavery Um, because slavery was making so much money at the time. Most of the wealth in the country was concentrated in the South. Now it's, you know, New York, places like that. But at that time, all the wealth was down in the South. We were doing, you know, cotton and sugar and whatever else we could do. So, um, slavery was making money and the South decided that, you know, we have the land, we have the people, we need to, you know, uh, keep this institution going but all the lawmakers and the and the politicians lived up north and so that's how we ended up with the north versus the south basically a country at war with itself um the south adopted a new flag because they tried to leave the united states and form the confederate states of america right this is a cliff notes version of it and if i'm wrong on any of this no, no, no. Uh, yeah i know i'm not wrong yeah. but, you know, uh, you know the people, way the way you break it down is is very very key so okay 
So the Confederate States of America is something that lasted, I think, two to three years, something like that. Um, it wasn't a long time. Um, you know, there's, you know, bands that last longer than that. There's, you know, <laughs> I got T-shirts older than that, you know. So the Confederate States of America was an actual thing and they had a flag and it's the Confederate flag, right? Um, and people that wield that flag are people that claim that that flag is their heritage. Um, at the same time, those people wave the American flag because they're proud Americans, right? Mm. Right. And the thing is, uh, there's, you know, America fought against the United States of America fought against the Confederate States of America and won. Mm -hmm. So the Confederate flag is the flag of losers. That's your legacy and you want to hold on to it by all means, you know, but know what we see. The way that you just put that is gold. Listen, but on top of that, that's, that should be a meme. You have to make that <laughs> water market too. You feel me? The flag of the loser. It, that absolutely is. Absolutely is. And so is the, the Nazi flag. Cause you know, Nazis run with those guys just the same. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that got beat in wars because their ideas are worse. They don't, they don't support the best of what humanity is. You know, these are people that always gonna win. are the largely in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but these people claim that it's their heritage um, or whatever it is that they do. And obviously for us, we see it as a symbol of, of slavery, of the um, uh, desire for slavery to uh, continue. We see it as um, a time, a, a relic of a time when black people weren't really treated so good. And it's a symbol to embolden that group of people against black people specifically. Um, all of those things all the time. It's never anything else. Um and so to see this Confederate States of America relic in in the Capitol building of the actual United States of America, that's right. a former enemy that has been crushed out of existence, brought back into the to the actual Capitol building as though it has somehow been conquered by the South is asinine. That is an act of treason, if you ask me. You know, um, you know, it, it just I, I mean, I think in that we're operating, though, as if that is really what happened in that that ever went away, you know. And yeah. so I think to say, like, how could this Confederate flag be in the Capitol building is is assuming that it ever went away and the the philosophies, the ideals behind it, when really that's still very much the entirety of how our nation operates you and, know and identifies <laughs> right it's Openly. along it's along these lines you know um for a long time folks have been saying things like oh you know racism is getting better and the old the old racists are dying out and you know on and on and it's just i mean it's been hundreds of years literally hundreds of years um and i saw that flag getting waved around inside the capitol building I was during say that the siege. Old, just, just because the old races they pay they pass it's, they pass it on the energy oh you absolutely know, the teachings absolutely. like you said so and then on top of that even if they don't pass it on um there are one thing that that i will be fair about there are groups of younger white men who find a sense of community with other young white men online these people tend to be involuntarily celibate. In other words, they like women, but women 
don't like them back. These are the these are the type of people that really would have a problem with me and you, Banks, right. because you know we represent uh, uh, social mobility that they don't get. We, they, you know, we we probably have access to women in ways that they don't. Mm. You know, uh, I'm sure that's kind of how they would look at it. I'm not one of those people, but they would look at me and and deduce that socially awkward. Sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. For the most part, and and they play video games, and they you know um, just sit back and they they point their fingers at the whole world about their condition, and they wish and they they don't believe in white privilege because one thing they said to themselves is like, oh, I wish I had some of this white privilege, and I I wish I had my million dollars when I was born, like everybody thinks I get, and I wish I had you know, um, and in their minds and in their worlds, that's a real thing. They feel like the world doesn't pay attention to them. The world doesn't care about them. Women don't like them, you know, and so and then they grow up very much isolated and they only find a sense of community in these online forums and these video game forums and so forth where they're free to um, vent their frustration with the world and their frustration with the world. um, At least they they tell themselves the story that their frustration stems from or the source of their frustration rather is immigrants uh, black people, you know, criminals, Black Lives Matter, um, basically anything that's not, you know, a Viking <laughs> is the source of their, you know, discomfort in life. And they feel like they should have more than what they do and have more access to whatever and more mobility and so forth. And yet and still, they're very much stuck in their room playing the same video games over and over again. And those people grow up. Uh, not necessarily influenced by their parents but influenced by each other and they're looking for someone to blame and you know that's it's really tough to blame nature because if you blame nature for your you know inverted penis problem or whatever it is that you're dealing with i I don't mean to be funny (laughs) um but whatever it is your, your issue is that you know is keeping you from becoming a little bit more mobile socially um you know, it's just easier to blame other people, you know, um, and it's easier to vent that frustration. And, you know, like we've seen with, you know, Proud Boys and all these other guys, Proud Boys might be a little different. Um, but, you know, we've seen them kind of get recruited into groups like Proud Boys and, and the Trump, you know, uh, uh, the Trump train, we'll call it, where um, they find a sense of, OK, well, these are white folks. These these folks re- recognize that the world is not treating them as good as they as it could. And, you know, this used to be our country and, you know, life was better in, in the 1800s. Let's go or the 1950s, whatever they think. I was going to say, when when was America great? I still want to know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe for them. Any, you know, yeah, for them. I really want to know for them. For them. It's, I mean, it's still pretty good. I don't, I don't think it's not that great for me. I can't right. even fix my, my headlight in my garage without some. That was crazy. I'm not going to lie. That was crazy. It's a real thing. You have, you have a lot more self-control than I do. Brother. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, that, that story ended up working out. You know, he and I ended up talking again later. I believe that, you know, no matter what, there should always be a little bit of forgiveness um, built into the narrative. Because even though my neighbor... Uh, We'll call him a 56-year-old bald white man who's certainly a lot more frail than I am. Came across and, you know, did whatever. Um, He's still a human being. He's endowed with consciousness from the same creator. Whoever created me created him, whatever you believe that to be. Um, He's, he's, it's okay if he makes a mistake. 
because I'll make mistakes too. And if I leave a little bit of room for forgiveness, then, you know, when the time comes, we can still talk. That doesn't mean run up on me because, like I said, I am from Compton. Facts. I don't play that, you know. But <laughs> in his case, uh, you know, we ended up talking and, you know, I, I let him know how I felt when he when he approached me like that. And he basically apologized. He recognized that he was in the wrong and that that it didn't make it right. But I understood that I, my role in that scenario was to make sure that I didn't devolve beyond a certain point. I had to kind of keep my composure because moving forward now that man is to call him an ally would be a little too strong but i can say that i helped him to grow up a little bit and then he won't take anger and spew it out elsewhere in the world now he it has a little bit more like a measured response because he saw the error in his ways and I was able to forgive him. And and when you do these sorts of things and you are able to say, listen, you were wrong. You were absolutely wrong, but here's the right thing to do. And if you do this, everything's going to be okay. All is forgiven. Then, you know, instead of making an, a permanent enemy out of someone, you have the potential or, or create the capacity rather to, um, you know, maybe even make a cheerleader. Some people just, they have to get a little closer to the, to the source to see the light and you know as long as you allow for that then you know you might make it yeah for sure nah man you be speaking the isms for sure yeah man absolutely well um i want to thank both of y'all for coming up and hanging out with me on the show today uh you know banks let them know what's going on with you um how to keep up with you what's next for you um man everything is elijah banks e-l-i-j-h-b-a-n-x even down to PlayStation, man, if you want to get whooped on at 2K, just <laughs> holla at me. Um, I got a lot I'm working on, man. Talk about it. Me, me and Twizzy got an album that we're working on. Okay. Uh, I got my album that I'm finally about to come out with. Okay. We, we're working on a deluxe version. I got a country album that I'm working on Whoa. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Yeah, man. So I'm, like I'm all over the place. I just did a rock R&B song the other night, so... Yeah, man, I'm excited for this year. Quar- I, I'm I'm thankful for quarantine because it slowed me down because I was I was running around. I was on tour with Tory and all that. Okay, and it, and it Tory Lanez, right? Yeah, Tory Lanez, okay. and and it slowed us down to the point where now I'm creating in a better space, bro. I love it, and I'm 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 enjoying what we're doing. Perfect, perfect. Okay, Tessa, let them know where they can keep up with you if you so choose. Oh boy. Uh- yeah, I think it's uh, Tessa for Realist is my Instagram handle, and that's about anything I'm on. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Snapchat, hey, TikTok. I'm not out here dancing. That's good enough. <laughs> Tessa for Realist. That'll yeah, work. Um, a, lot of, a lot of potent content there as well. And, of course, please be sure to keep up with the show. If you want to download this episode or any of our previous episodes, visit the website, civiccipher.com. Submit all your questions, show topics. Please donate. The show is supported by you. And follow all the social media once again at Civic Cipher or civiccipher.com. Until next week, y'all. Peace.